election day across the country. And don't forget to vote. 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 On election day. Vote. 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 What are you doing? You're just sitting there. Vote. 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 Please, please vote. Vote, please. Together. Thanks for listening to the KC Morning Show. Yo, what is going on? Happy Tuesday, Kansas City. Happy Election Day, Kansas City. My name's Hartzell, so you know that on special occasions and Election Day, these midterms, it is a special occasion. Don't get it twisted, my friends. I try to do something special. You know, as much as this show is me and you hanging out, just kicking it. I love you for that, by the way, Kansas City. I think we're pretty good at that, Kansas City. I also do this show because for me, it's kind of like my audio journal. Yeah, I'm that guy. You know, folks take mental snapshots. Some folks actually write things down. This is kind of what I do. This is our living, breathing history book. Something that we can look back on and be like, yo, we really went through some didn't we? We sure did. So Tuesdays on this show, Professor Harvey K., my buddy, my brother, he's the professor emeritus over at the University of Wisconsin Green Bay. And you know, on Tuesdays, we take back America. It's a segment we do reclaiming the radical progressive spirits of America. It's in our DNA, Kansas City. So Professor K. and I, we decided to take this week off. But he sent me this piece, and he doesn't even realize this. I have fanboyed over Harvey K for a very long time. Not only was I familiar with this piece, but it's out of print, and I've been trying to find it for like actually years. So when he sent me this just out of the blue, I'm like, what? I don't think you know what you just did. (laughs) And to do it so casually, I was losing my mind. He eventually actually expanded this article, basically the inspiration for this huge book that would eventually come out. This was 1994. The Deutschner Memorial Lecture published in the Index on Censorship. Damn near 30 years old. It still resonates today. So here's what we're going to do. This is from me to you. And I guess also by the transitive property, (laughs) Professor Harvey JK. About that, huh? Math in the real world. Why do ruling classes fear history? And there is so much history all throughout the beginning of this piece that I don't want to do any of it a disservice. So we're not going to read the entire thing, just the parts I think that on election day as we stroll to the polls, let's give you some of the progressive pump up lines that you need, right? Yeah. But I want to set you up with this. Professor K notes, Public discourse and private thoughts across the political spectrum seem to accept, as the U.S. neoconservative Francis Fukuyama put it, that we are at the end of history. With the global triumph of capitalism, we are believed to have arrived at the terminus of world historical development, the culmination of historical histories, entailing not only the collapse of the Soviet Union, but the consignment of all varieties of socialism assuming you could ever call the Soviet system socialist, to the graveyard of history. In fact, Edward Lutwak's recent survey of the world makes Fukuyama's own thesis seem downright optimistic. For, in place of liberalism, he sees fascism as the way of the future. I do not accept that assumption, and I will not defer to it. We are not fulfilled, and our requirements and satisfactions are not simply material. History and its progressive political possibilities are not resolved. To those of us who still aspire to advance the critical and democratic ideals of the Enlightenment, 
in the age of revolution, the old question, what is to be done, continues to present itself. And yet, there would seem to be an even prior and more urgent question. From where can we draw sustenance, hope, and a sense of possibility, when admittedly, there are substantial reasons to be pessimistic? It is my contention that however imposing their power, and however acquiescent may seem the people over whom they exercise it, the eyes of the ruling classes reflect not surety and confidence, but apprehension and anxiety. What is it they see? What is it that they recognize? What is it that they know? In the looks and actions of the powerful, we may discover what exercises them so, and at the same time, be reminded of what we appear to be on the verge of forgetting. Ultimately, we will have to ask, why do ruling classes fear history? And with that, let's take a break. My name's Hartzell. It's your KC Morning Show. On January 11, 1970, victory belonged to Hank Stram and his Kansas City Chiefs. TV9 News special report, close up the flood of 77. From the Kemper Arena in Kansas City, Missouri, it's Milwaukee Bucks against the Kansas City Kings. Now Kansas Cityans must decide what happens next. What is to follow the city's Holy Week riots? I am here at the American Royal World Series of Barbecue. Daryl Motley awaits, and the Kansas City Royals are world champions. Just what is it about history that so distresses the ruling and governing classes that they are driven to control and command it? I began by proposing that we look directly into the eyes of the powerful to discover what they see, what they recognize, what they know. I should have asked, what do they see but try to obscure? What do they recognize but attempt to deny? What do they know but endeavor to conceal? Why do ruling classes fear history? Because beyond their crimes and beyond the tragedies and ironies which are so demanding of hope and spirit, they see and they know, as did their forerunners, that history has been and remains a process of struggle for freedom and for justice. And increasingly, at least since the late 18th century, it has been, as the late Raymond Williams once put it, a long revolution at the political heart of which is the fight for liberty, equality, and democracy. Moreover, they realize that however many times history has entailed what Christopher Hill calls an experience of defeat for the peoples and classes who have sought to make it otherwise, the long revolution has also afforded great victories in search of reason to hope. Ronald Aronson ventures this. The real historical advances in human society, morality, have occurred through such struggles. Slavery has been abolished. Democratic rights have been won. Certain elements of dignity and equality promised and achieved 
wars ended. Other wars forestalled. Only because we have acted. Projected now desperately, now with confidence in collective visions by movement after movement, sacrificed for, agitated for, partially achieved, then legitimized by law and custom. Indeed, it is not only the victories of resistance, rebellion, and revolution that weigh in. The defeats, too, have contributed to the making of democracy. The rebellious black slaves of the Americas, the radical mechanics, populist farmers, socialist workers, laborers, native and immigrant. The democratic narrative has long haunted the imagination of the powerful, and it must do so all the more today because it is the very foundation upon which contemporary political legitimacy stands. I would argue that our responsibility and task is to secure, bear witness to, and critically advance the prophetic memory of the struggle for democracy. Thus, for radical historians, the fundamental project remains. The recovery of the past, the education of desire, as Gramsci himself urged, of an historical, dialectical conception of the world, which understands movement and change, which appreciates the sum of effort and sacrifice, which the present has cost the past, and which the future is costing the present, and which conceives the contemporary world as a synthesis of the past, of all past generations, which projects itself into the future. We cannot know what will transpire. But be assured that our governors fully expect the historic and perennial demand for power to the people to be renewed. It's reflected in their eyes. Let's go change the world. All of these lines across my face Tell you the story of who I am So many stories of where I've been And how I got to where I am But these stories don't When you've got no one to tell them to, it's true I was made for you I climbed across the mountain tops Swam all across the ocean blue I crossed all the lines and I broke all the rules But baby